0: Thank you. Done it, knives out. We're going to talk about it one minute screen time at a time. I'm your host for this week, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. On today's episode, we are breaking down minute 63, which begins with Jacob being defensive about why he was in the bathroom all night and ends with a flashback of Jacob hearing something. Did I call him Jason? No, you said Jacob. Okay. All right, that ends with, I'm not even going to edit that out, ends with a flashback of Jacob hearing something through a vent in the bathroom. Well, someone who heard me make that potential mistake and told me that I didn't is the person who you are having as our guest today. I'm not 100% sure if that was a sentence. She is a prolific podcaster and has been our guest all week. Hey, Heidi Bennett, welcome back to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me back. And yeah, you know, as you go along with these movies by minutes, you get a little punchy. And and that's part of the fun.
0: That's right. That is. Well, this is, speaking about part of the fun, we are in the living room here. And lots of family drama is unfolding here. There's a lot of humor through editing, humor through eyes. And, oh man, just... Just great, great tension happening here during this this really wonderful scene.
1: I'm so. mesmerized by this scene. It's so the <laughs> if you just watch one single minute of this film, this is a great minute to, to jump into, <laughs> just to enjoy every uh, the physical comedy, the eye lines, the cookie crumbling or the cracker or whatever it is he's like Chris Evans is delightfully <laughs> shoveling into his mouth as he looks around I mean yeah face acting to a T it's it's a beautiful thing to behold oh and I
0: love when the kids are flinging insults at each other basically saying uh you know alt-right troll liberal snowflake (laughs) and then come
1: back (laughs) to michael shannon just
0: muttering i don't know what any of that means
1: wow (laughs) and
0: and i'll tell you something I, i love that's very that is a subtle thing about this particular minute is that um christopher Plummer. Harlan Thrombey's dead, so that generation is dead. Of course, his mom is still alive, but we'll get to
1: that in a second.
0: So and the next, his,
1: gen- uh, and he's also overseeing this. Pardon the interruption, but yeah. because he's in the whatever the room is that's also open, that's um, that that's uh, coming into this room is his portrait, his stately right. portrait is is overseeing the proceedings of this. But yes,
0: so we see the generation after that has. Uh, trouble with with you know the between uh, Michael Shannon and Don Johnson you know and, and Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, Tony Collette they're all filled with tension so mm-hmm. that generation can't be resolved and the generation after that hates each other because those kids hate each other and Chris you know uh, Ransom is part of that generation so everyone hates him and they all so this is a family that is going to continue to hate each other for the for in perpetuity and it makes it for i'm not going to spoil what happens for those of you who haven't seen the movie but are still listening to this podcast (laughs) but it makes it clear that we we have established through the interviews and the flashbacks in the interviews that basically Harlan is doing a scorched earth on his family Mm-hmm. saying you all get out you're you're all living off of me you're all miserable people you all hate each other and you're all here just for my money even you uh <laughs> Joanie, who claims to be miss you know you know hemp uh goop, <laughs> all this uh you know completely free thinking one even you are a money-sucking parasite you're all awful none of you have any empathy None of you have any sense of family except for my money so it makes it clear why he made that decision this gigantic middle finger from the grave and um and we see that this family is just going to go on hating each other forever
1: Yeah I guess when you put it that way too it seems like Ransom is the most honest of all of them in his just how he is he's not yeah. pretending to be anything else but the wang that he
0: is oh by the way in the the last episode uh we we neglected to mention as we were going on our little tangents that frank o showed up
1: oh right <laughs> we forgot to mention he's Frank one of the, he does an entrance and an exit within seconds right in the middle of that minute you're so right and
0: oh man like when he showed up when I first saw the, the film, when he first showed up, just every time you see Frank Oz, you're just so happy. There's That's Frank Oz. So, <laughs> and the thing is, is that for so many people in the audience, he's just, oh yeah, he's the bald lawyer. You're going, do you have any idea how much happiness that man has given you? There's not a person on the planet Earth who that person has not entertained in a profound way.
1: Well, just, and, just as a Muppet alone. I right. mean, Fozzie Bear, Sam the Eagle, <laughs> Miss Piggy. Piggy of Bert. course, Yoda, yeah. Animal. I mean, yeah. Cookie Monster, Bert, Grover. I mean, <laughs> just just, just like as, f- as a Muppet.
0: Fozzie Bear alone, right yeah. there, is a lifetime of entertainment, and not to mention you know, some of the movies he's directed, especially Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. I and mean, he's done... he's
1: love Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, you know, yes.
0: All these things that he's done over the years. And, of course, there's, he's a, a cameo from the Star Wars films. You know, he's Yoda, and Ryan Johnson had Yoda make a cameo in in that film, which I actually don't even remember what the subtitle of that Star Wars film was, because I'm a little Star wars out. <laughs> but... Um, but yeah, this just, you, I want to just sort of grab don't do, do you know who that is? <laughs> uh, one of the, the, one of the things I love reading about um, Frank Oz was that uh, someone, I think this was in the Jim Henson biography that came out four or five years ago and saying that of the Muppeteers who were like all these kind of hippies or that were working in the Henson uh Workshop, Mm -hmm. and they were all kind of long-haired with with bandanas, and that Frank Oz was kind of looked like the uptight one amongst them. And someone said, if you ever wanted to understand how Jim Henson and Frank Oz interacted, what they would be like when they talked to each other and had creative discussions, they just talked in general. They said, it's easy; just watch Ernie and Bert.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: That, That was them. <laughs> that Ernie was kind of, kind of like really just trying to, a little carefree, and things were flowing, and Bert was really wound tight and really <laughs> easily have his buttons pushed really easily, and he said that that's uh, that was basically how they interacted. And and the other detail that I loved, that I, I remember reading this when um, Phantom Menace came out in '99, is that evidently. Frank Oz has a complete potty mouth, Hmm. like constantly swearing, which of course you don't see in the Muppet movie. You don't see on Sesame street. You don't see in, in return of the Jedi, but apparently F comes out of his mouth every two seconds. (laughs) (laughs) And um, there's a great moment in this minute when, uh, Don Johnson throws the first Molotov cocktail at Michael Shannon and um, calling his kid a creep. And then Michael Shannon throws it right back. And we're just seeing, you know, we're seeing Chris Evans just sort of, you know, reacting with his eyes rolling and, and smiling. And isn't it great when there's a tremendous amount of tension and it's not about you? (laughs) (laughs) oh and and that of course that you're right though you made a point earlier in this minute that in some ways ransom is the most honest because when you know the gloves come off between um you know michael shannon and don johnson and in in, when they start throwing down and the kids start throwing down he's like yes don't act like we're some big happy family here you know i'm the, i'm yeah i'm mad that i'm out of the will and of course you know later on we've everyone shows their true colors when they're put in the same situation as ransom but you're right he's saying like yeah that's wh- why are we pretending and he he has the great lines. we got to do this more often
1: <laughs> so one of my favorite parts is just when when um Don Johnson says after, after, uh, Chris, sorry, I forget everybody's character's name, but that's after he says, uh, you want to go, he says, you bet Skippy, <laughs> which <laughs> I just love the word Skippy and him saying that's so condescending. And it kind of reminds me of, of, um, I don't know why even, but earlier on in an earlier minute that we didn't, um, cover, uh, um, Benoit Blanc casually says family squibbles instead of family squabbles. (laughs) And I just love that family squibbles. It just kind of just comes on out. and, And I don't know if they noticed that that wasn't quite the right word or just decided to go for it. But I love family squibbles. so.
0: I love the looks everyone gives around, too. I mean, obviously, Chris Evans, is he's snacking on the wafers and loving that. Nope, I'm not the only one causing trouble. And, um, you know, Joni, Tony Collette has the, oh, I can't believe it. You know, my God, this is, uh, it's holier than thou response. And uh, Benoit and the officers are kind of looking like, what are we getting ourselves
1: into here? <laughs>
0: But again, showing character development, not not being character backstory we see that linda jamie lee curtis's character is the real person in control of the family at this point when she gets gets everyone to shut up as if to say all right all that aside focus and she gets to do it and she has a command and of course part of it is jamie lee curtis is a good actress and a great movie star and therefore she can command this on the screen Mm -hmm. but her character commands this respect from everybody that she gets everyone to shut up including her dumbbell maga husband and michael shannon's you know who's just this this ball of of insecurity and everyone screaming at each other and as if to say Let's not lose sight of what the real problem is. Creepy kid. Go. And everyone and just the squirmingness of of the of Jacob, knowing that everyone's looking at him is. uh, And of course, he's played by Jaden Martell, who is from the show defending Jacob. And evidently, he's contractually obligated to only play people named Jacob. (laughs) It's kind of like Tony Danza only plays people named Tony.
1: Exactly.
0: And uh, Jaden Martell is that is that how you pronounce his name? Uh, Sounds j- right. You Let's run with it. Um, he he's just great. He's got the 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 dressing like an old sort of country club man, and he's the youngest person in the scene. And he does not want any of this attention on him because God knows what he was doing. Was the lies that he was masturbating to deer? <laughs>
1: yeah it's uh the gloves are off in this minute things are really getting down and dirty (laughs) man we
0: know if anything happens from knives out it's that someone better watch this and say let's do a comedy with michael shannon let's put him in a let's put him in a movie
1: for sure i didn't do any uh, deep dive research but i'm very intrigued by the painting that's behind Don Johnson in the scene too, with the man that's holding his own head in his hand.
0: Yeah. Well, there's a lot of imagery in this film of, you know, death and holding skulls and holding heads. And that obviously it's, it's because practically it's because it's a, a house that is built on the backs of, of, murder mystery novels but it's also sort of this reminder of you know the decor of death in the background becomes a a you know a common thread you know that's why they're there they're there. they're rich because of death and they're there because of death so
1: you're going deep man
0: I am I'm I'm a, I'm a very deep man deep. <laughs> I'm a very very deep man um Oh, I just want to say this. Um, there's talk of a potential sequel to this, and um, like you know, another mystery for Benoit to to solve.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I want your thoughts on it because I have very mixed feelings about that. I have very mixed feelings about returning to this character. Hmm. And so,
1: well, I I mean, I don't have mixed feelings. I think you know another great story with a whole different you know. Ensemble cast. I believe that's what they're going to be. Well, actually, they're not going to be. um, But on Netflix, the house... Was it the House on Haunted Hill? I think it's called. Mm -hmm. That they're going to do a new season with the same actors, but playing completely new characters.
0: Well, Like what they did with American horror story right that, right yeah
1: so I, that intrigues me um but with this it's supposed to be benoit blanc but just in a whole new adventure right yeah
0: i mean again i, I mentioned how much i love colombo and, and and you know and Perot and everything like that uh, i just feel like they they caught lightning with a bottle here and i would much rather just I would much rather they do what they did with American Horror Story, just get this cast together and have them play different parts and have them do something different. Uh, th- that, to me, would would be more interesting than now, you know, Benoit has a new mystery. to so I don't know. I could be proven wrong. I've been proven wrong before. But I, I, I get worried when something like this happens and it catches lightning in a bottle, and then they feel like, oh, I I know what to do. I had mentioned in a previous minute about Captain Jack Sparrow and how fresh and wonderful it was in the original Pirates of the Caribbean. And then eventually it became stale and became... Right. And I I really don't want what I like about this movie to become formulaic and stale.
1: Yeah, that's totally understandable, especially as um, I'm not sure when these episodes that we're recording will be released, but... You know, we've got a new James Bond, the final, mm-hmm. final one for um, Daniel Craig, and that also features um, what's
0: you know, her on name? A, Marta. On, yeah. Well, she, um, she she plays Marta in the new James Bond film. It's a little-known fact. <laughs> it's a crossover film. Yeah,
1: she's uh, gone and uh, learned some, uh, a lot of... Um, <laughs> <laughs> new techniques in fighting between this and that, but yeah, I mean that that has suffered as well. In that there's some very good Daniel Craig ones and some not so great ones, and hopefully this one. I mean, at least the previews to me look very exciting, but yeah, I wouldn't want to watch another knives out if it's just like well let's do it again because this one made money but i mean i think ryan johnson is is a very creative person so uh i'm i'm up to it i'm up for it i'll go see it
0: all right well i know one thing we are going to see is we're going to see the next minute of this movie (laughs) so let's wrap this one up before we jump into the next one and hey howdy bennett where can people find your stuff
1: People can find me at vibrantvisionaries.com. And if they're interested in my other movies by minutes podcasts, you can go to spinal and also cabin minute where we cover the film, the cabin in the woods.
0: All right. And I'm at Sully baseball on Twitter, Sully baseball podcast on Instagram and check out Boulder a minute for my movie minute podcast. Well, this very happy family reunion is going to continue and we're going to see if it gets any more.